0: Welcome to The Caption Life, a show for the most casual and dedicated fans of comics and a member of the Comic Watch family. I am your host, Sean. Join me and discover what the world of comics and graphic novels has to offer, from one-on-one interviews with industry professionals to roundtable discussions with passionate fans and reviews on the latest comics, TV shows, and movies. You can find me on social media under the username at Caption Life. You can also find more episodes and information at thecaptionlife.com. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the show. You know, when I started to get back into comics about five years ago, I remember a lot of people telling me about how comic book sales was really interesting because for me, when I was talking to people about this, some of them I've said that. You know, sales have been going through the roof in the last you know five or ten years. Some people have said it's actually been declining in the last ten years. Some people have said that it's actually went up because of manga, and so it's a little bit uh, misleading. And so I thought it would be great to have somebody on the show who knows a little bit about comic sales. And there's a website out there that's fantastic called Comicron, and the person that is responsible for that is our guest for today's episode. As that is John Jackson Miller, New York Times best-selling author John Jackson. Miller has spent a lifetime immersed in science fiction and comics, both as a fan and as a creator. After working in fanzines, he joined Don and Maggie Thompson at Comic Buyer's Guide, where he also edited comics and games retailer magazine, Scry magazine, and the standard catalog of comic book series. Miller moved into the professional comics writing in 2003 with Crimson Dynamo or Marvel, which led to a year of writing Iron Man. And that led to a long association with Lucasfilm, including novels, comics and games. His Star Wars novels included the Scribe Award winning Kenobi, as well as A New Dawn, Night Errant and Lost Tribe of the Sith. He wrote comics for the latter two, and he wrote the entire Knights of the Old Republic comic series that's available from Marvels as Legends the Old Republic. The old republic. Sorry. He also wrote the comics adaptation of Indiana Jones and the kingdom of the crystal skull. Star Trek novels followed include Picard, rogue elements and discovery die standing, both scribe award winners, discovery, the enterprise war, the prey, tri- uh, the prey trilogy and takedown for 2023. Miller has written the first novel of the strange new world series, the high country releases on February 21st in hardcover, audiobook and ebook. He has also written comics and prose for properties, including Halo, The Lion King, The Simpsons, Conan, Planet of the Apes, and Mass Effect. His Battlestar Galactica Counter-Strike graphic novel won the 2020 Dragon Award. His next comics project, The Skull and Bone, Savage Storm, based on the upcoming Ubisoft game. An authority on comic book circulation history, Miller continues to cover the topic of his comic website, and his fiction's website is farawaypress.com. John, welcome to the show. That was a lot to get through. <laughs> it was. That. <laughs> no, that's okay. No, that's not a problem. Well, and I gotta say, I apologize because I think there may have been a couple of of titles or words that's that okay. I may have mispronounced. No, your
1: your your bio is like rings on a tree. Eventually, it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger, <laughs> and it's 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 hard. <laughs> You you could see where the tree was uh, having good years and bad years. But, oh, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's
0: no, that's totally fine. And like I say, I apologize if I mispronounce some things. You know, I, I got to right. say, um, I think did I say fanzines, right? Yeah. OK, I want to make sure because I thought it was a fan and, like magazine together because I've heard of zines before, but I never heard yeah. of yeah, fanzines, well, I just assume. Zine, zine
1: is short for fanzine and then fanzine gotcha. is uh, what I guess what they call it, portmanteau. It's a it's a, a fan magazine. So yeah, basically all of your all of your you know fan created magazines in the 60s and 70s, uh, they'd be blogs today uh, or, or other <laughs> websites. But yeah, fanzines.
0: Right, okay, gotcha that makes sense yeah i have heard of zines before i don't I think i've mis- never seen it as fanzine mm-hmm. um and I gotta say to be completely honest um I've known you as the person behind Comicron. I didn't realize how much you've had your foot in the comics world as an author. And so I'm yeah. like really impressed by your resume here and just all the things that you've been involved with. So I like am even more excited about not only do I have the person behind comic but you've also been in the industry as a professional as well too. So that's really exciting. That's really cool.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I basically the whole first chunk of my career, I was on the you know, journalistic side. I was uh, on the nonfiction side of things, Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, tracking the market uh, for, uh, for those magazines we talked about. Uh, and uh, and, you know, then I, I started getting comics writing work, which led to novel writing work. And uh, somewhere in there, I, I left the day job behind. Uh, but I did not uh, give up tracking the business. Uh, and that's really what Comicron is. I mean, it, Comicron allowed me to continue approaching uh, comics as a hobby again, in a sense, uh, because it is, uh, it, it was a way for me to follow. You know, one of the things I was obsessed with, and that was uh, how many comics exist. Uh, how many, how many comics were out there this year, that year, or or the other, and you know what the sales are in in any given current year. Uh, for me, has only ever been a means to the end because the end is to be able to have people you know find out 20 years from now 40 years from now how rare something is mm-hmm. uh you know how 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 uh, you know is 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 some, was something really successful or really not successful and uh you know it, it, and this is something where uh you know it, it kind of protects the fan a bit uh and uh, and the collector
0: yeah no that's awesome that's amazing and and um and i have to say you know before we get dive right into the interview part of it um I do have to apologize just for the fact that I didn't know your background in the comics world already um That's you know, okay. I, As I mentioned earlier, I got back into comics five years ago. I got away from it when I got into high school. Um, And I've just been very bad about paying attention to who's writing stories. Like, I've been enjoying the stories and consuming them. And so the last couple of years, I've been trying to make a more conscientious effort to pay attention to who wrote it and who drew it and did the Mm -hmm. lettering and stuff like that. Um, So, when I saw your bio, I was like, oh, man. (laughs) Yeah, I
1: I keep the, you know, it's no secret that I do Comicron, but but the same same time I keep the uh I kind of keep those voices separate. Uh so Comicron has its own uh Twitter, its own Facebook, mm-hmm. its own uh its own Patreon, its own uh you know, the the idea is that uh, you know, the the people who are interested in this particular part of my obsession, uh, right. <laughs> the, uh, you know, the people who are interested in the comics history and the math and the whatever, those are not necessarily the same people who are interested in, you know, my observations about, uh, you know, Star Wars, Star Trek or whatever else it is. So, right, um, right. You, know, uh, you know, there are people who are all the time going, yeah, you did that. And then, of course, um, you know, as we say with. With all these different things uh, in, in your bio, eventually somebody will say, wait a minute, you, you did comics for Mass Effect or, or they'll say, uh, well, you know, one of the things we, we, that's in there, you know, know, scrunched in the middle of that list was uh, I was the editor of Scry and Scry was the card game magazine. So that's, Mm -hmm. that was the magazine for Magic the Gathering and Pokemon and stuff like that. Uh, And so, so I did a couple of years on that. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, I, I, I did a podcast, which was just about that. <laughs> uh you know a few months back. And uh and yeah, again you you stay in the business long enough, you get a lot of different things to talk to talk about.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, it sounds like you're kind of like the nerd's nerd where you get into a lot of different kind of fandoms, which is great. I love hearing that.
1: Yeah, well, my my uh, my bio says I strip mine my childhood for a living. So, uh,
0: <laughs> no,
1: really, wow. I, you know, my, my mother was a grade school librarian. And so where everybody else is, you know, they said their mother threw their comics away. My mom was encouraging me to put my comics in order. And so, <laughs> you know, that led to me. You mentioned the standard catalog of comic books. This was yeah. before Comicron, but this <laughs> oh, is the largest. Man. This is the largest book about comics ever published. Sixteen hundred pages. We did four of these. Wow! Uh, and you know, and you know, part of it is about helping people index their collections, yeah, uh, and be able to tell from, you know, the fact that there are thirteen different Punisher series. Uh, that <laughs> they're called just plain the Punisher, you know. Yeah, uh, and uh, and you know, there's. Uh, again, that was back in the day where all of that was done in magazines and books. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the back back in those days, the uh, you know the Grand Comics Database, a lot of these other uh, you, you know features that are out there or or, or you know, you know, services that are out there uh, didn't exist. And right. you know, I realized that you know what what Comicron is didn't exist either in, in any sense uh, you know, a place where people could go. Uh, and, uh, and you know, get an s- answer to a simple question that, you know, we didn't have the answers to before. What was the number one comic book uh, in 1969? Uh, what was the top mm. comic series in 1969? And everybody would be just be sort of guessing at it. And mm-hmm. the resources for the, finding that information out exist. They're just all over the place. Yeah. And, you know, I've been sort of like a sad Indiana Jones Uh, Going around. (laughs) Well, no, literally in uh, in in uh, in early September, I was uh, I was in uh, the University of Wisconsin uh, campus. I was uh, I was down in the Historical Society's basement going through records, uh, the lowest level of the basement going through records that were giving me numbers that I had not seen before. Um and, wow. and you know, give us the resources to answer questions like this. Incidentally, what do you think the number one comic book series was in
0: 1969? Oh, um, I, don't, I mean, I, I would assume it's probably one of the popular ones, but maybe it's like I'm going to take a stab in the dark. Maybe it's like Archie's or something like that.
1: The, boom. Got Is it, it really? in one. <laughs> got it in one. And it was the only year that Archie was number one. No kidding. (laughs) And the reason was there had been a song on the radio called Sugar Sugar by a band called the Archies.
0: Yeah. At the
1: same time that Archie had a TV series, had a a cartoon series. Oh, okay. In those days, nothing supercharged comic sales like having that kind of a media connection. So um, 1966, Batman had never beaten Superman before. Until mm-hmm. 1966, when that TV show came on, right? So, uh, you know, again, uh, that information was out there. It was just out there piecemeal in various places. So, right. um, you know, that is that is one of the things. Um, you know, people have probably focused mostly over the years on uh, the new comic sales aspect. Mm-hmm. Of the Comicron website, and, and certainly it's there. But and, and and you know, some years there's more information than others. This year, for various reasons, there's not much information at all, which we can get into. Uh, but you know, the uh, the goal has always been, uh, you know, I'm treating this like a uh, an 85 year data set, a project mm-hmm. that goes back to 1935. And you know, if I don't have everything online yet. Uh, or in a place where people will be able
0: to get it. Uh, The goal is that I will one day. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I got to tell you, um, You know, earlier when you mentioned, you know, the books that you had, that kind of helps you, you know, look and see what kind of series are out there. I might have to use that sometime for the current run of all the X-Men out there because I just found (laughs) out there's a lot more runs of the X-Men than I originally thought because I'm currently reading like House of 92 and Immortal X-Men. But then some of my colleagues over at Comic Watch told me there's actually probably at least 10 more, if not, uh, you know, twice that. (laughs)
1: And, you know, that's that's almost a separate kind of website as well because you have a... You have websites that are devoted to comics reading order Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, what order you read things in And that's going to be That's going to be different from continuity order And certainly different from publication order Yes Uh, And so, (laughs) uh, you know The way that I look at these things is They all serve different uh, purposes Mm -hmm. Um, You know, even, you know When we talk about the, you know What comics sell, for example Mm -hmm. uh, There are multiple definitions of what sales mean Um, And so, for example, what Comicron, uh, what I really focus on is what's called circulation. Um, Mm -hmm. Circulation is the number of copies that were originally put out there that didn't get destroyed. That didn't Mm -hmm. uh, that because, again, comics back in the old days, um, you know, when they were selling on the newsstand, if this comic book did not sell in uh, in over the course of you know whatever the period was a month or two months if it was a bi monthly or a quarterly three months, mm-hmm. um, what they would do is they would rip the cover off of it, uh, uh, rip the, the top of the cover off of it, send it back for credit, and they would destroy the copy. Mm. Uh, and so um, you know when you're when you're talking about uh, you know sales figures from the nineteen sixties and seventies. You know, you, you almost always uh, are, are talking about the number of copies that were sold uh, that nobody ever reported that they were destroyed uh, okay. out of the original print run. <laughs> so, that, so that's one thing. But once we get comic shops in there, well, the comic shops are buying the copies outright. Right. Um, and so those comics are sold. They're not going back to the publisher. The publisher mm-hmm. makes its money for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, remember that the first comic shops, they were collectors, they right. were, they were people who, you know, wanted to make sure they got all the new comics, but they also wanted to buy, sell and trade them. Uh, and they, they went to Marvel and DC and said, Hey, sell them to us directly. Mm-hmm. We'll buy them outright as long as you sell them to us cheaper than you sell them to the people at the newsstand. Right. Um, and, and so, um, you know, this gives us a situation where, uh you know the the numbers that are on comicron for example the the biggest set that people most often have looked at is is the is the the diamond uh sales charts uh mm-hmm. the, the those that come from diamond comic distributors uh and have comes from them uh with some interruptions uh for about 30 odd years those numbers are going to tell you uh, uh how many copies were shipped To the comic shops and that they paid for. And so, you know, when I say that Marvel sold X number of copies in 2012, Mm -hmm. well, that's the number of copies they sold to the comic shops. The question of whether the comic shops sold them to a consumer is a different question. Mm, okay. Um And because the comic shop is the first buyer, the consumer is the second buyer. Mm-hmm. And actually what, what people are really asking about with that second question, what, with that sell through question, they're really more asking about readership. Mm-hmm. How many readers of the comics are there? Well, again, this is something where back in the day. Um, let's say you uh, were going to buy ads uh, in, in Harvey comics, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, uh, the the ads on on the back cover, selling flowers or whatever. Well, their media kit would say how many copies that they sold or how many copies that they, you know, if you're buying an ad, how many copies you're, you're going to have your, your ad uh, run in, Mm -hmm. but their readership number, they would always multiply it by five or six or 10 because they would say, this is pass along readership because no kid is ever going to keep a comic book. Mm -hmm. They're going to pass it to somebody else. Uh, And so, um, you know, when people are always asking, do more people read comics now, or did they read them then? Well, we didn't really know then (laughs) because, uh, you know, the numbers that you'd see in those places, uh, you know, the the, the readership number is a different number than the sales number. Just like today, the readership number is a different number than what the retailers bought. Uh, because those comics, if they get flipped a lot, yeah, they might get read by two, three, four different people. But at the same time, the comic book might never get read. Um, mm-hmm. and or it might be something that somebody buys, puts it in a bag, and it doesn't get read at all. Mm-hmm. And then what do you do with people that are reading online uh or reading right. <laughs> you know, whatever else? So, so these are different numbers, these are different uh figures. Mm-hmm. And I decided that I would zero in uh because I, I did try tracking the other for a while, the sales from retailers to consumers. I decided that Comicron would just zero in on what's physically out there simply in order to give the collector, um, you know, an insurance policy when somebody comes along and says, Hey, this, this comic book is super rare. Mm -hmm. uh, And you can go online and see that there were five million of them or two million of them or whatever. This was a much bigger thing in the early Mm nineties when they didn't have the ability to do variant comics in very small print runs. Uh, gotcha. they would, they would have to, it would have to be like half the print run. So right. you, you, you look at a book like X-Men volume two, number one, that's that, that Jim Lee, uh, uh, reboot of the series. There mm-hmm. are 8 million copies of that. Um, that, that number came from me, which I got from Marvel, which I then sent to the Guinness book of world records, uh, cause we're the source <laughs> for it. Um, because yeah. it is the, it is the best selling, uh, American comic book in history, that's sales to to retailers though, you know, right. who actually read it. That's a smaller number probably. And uh, you know, one of the things that happened in the nineties uh, in the early nineties, that was bad for the business is that people had no idea, um, you know, which one of these things that was being claimed was a hot comic book. Is it really hot? Mm. What did we not have? Well, we didn't have Comicron. Uh, Mm -hmm. So we didn't have a source where you could look for that data. And also we didn't have eBay and, and the other places like eBay that you can go to, to see, you know, is there really one of these being sold online every five minutes? Mm -hmm. Um, We didn't have that. We didn't have anything that gave us a pricing average. Uh, All of our price guides back then Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when we volume one of this thing, uh, you know, we're we're still we were still using uh, you know uh, data coming in from retailers. Um, by the uh, by the end of it, we were doing some of the early work where we were harvesting eBay sales right. and and you know churning it into actual data. But since then, it's gotten even more sophisticated than that. Um, but uh, but again, that that that's one reason why. Um, you know, people get all up in arms about variant covers and speculation and everything. Um, mm-hmm. And having lived through this, having covered the business through that collapse in the 90s and the 1990s, um, I have been much more confident now just because the consumer has a lot more information. Um, you know, there's nobody that's buying 5,000 copies of a comic book, as happened with that X Men issue. Uh, With the thought that they're going to fund their college education with it. (laughs) Um, And, you know, there's uh, there's also a major distinction with the variants where because of the advances in printing, um, Mm -hmm. they're able to do a small print run where a variant cover might only have one copy or 10 copies or 100. That simply was not possible back then. Right. Uh, and so nowadays, when, you know, one of these chase covers is claimed to be rare, it might really be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, again, you know, I, I'm, I, I, I so I do try to at the same time I do. I'm a part of an annual report with icv 2 where we do try and track what the health of the overall business is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so my information feeds into that much bigger pie. Um, but otherwise, you know, I think my my main commitment is really to the history part of this mm-hmm. uh, is really to help that person who is coming back around and and asking, uh, you know, what did this what did this sell back in the day? Um, right. And, you know, there were there were there are things there, there are articles that I've written, there are char- sales charts that I've worked on, uh, you know, that I didn't know at the time what the one book that was on this list that was going to be popular was, Mm -hmm. uh, the miles Morales book, the, uh, the first issue of walking dead, um, you know, they sent us a case of walking deads to the office, walking dead number ones. (laughs) And we each took one and we put the rest of them on the giveaway table. Uh, (laughs) Still looking for those, Uh, because, because you don't know. And so, um, I'm, I'm glad that I've been able to, you know, sort of archive all this information in a place where, uh, you know, people who are wondering anything, um, mm-hmm. you know, whatever particular, uh, you know, thing strikes their fancy, uh, publishers have come to us, uh, in the past, uh, or, or back when we were doing the book or, or, or to me, uh, saying, Hey, I've got the rights to project X. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did it do back in the day? What mm-hmm. did it do? Um, Marvel for a, a while there in the 2000s, they were contacting me uh, asking uh, how many comic books with Nick Fury have there been uh, that that were <laughs> sold? Uh, right. How many, how many daredevil comics have been sold ever? How many, you know, just to sort of get an idea of what the mind space is for these things
0: right.
1: uh, when they're trying to figure out, well, is this going to be worthy of Hollywood or whatever right. it is? Uh, you know, now they've got a lot more of their own data on that, but <laughs> I'm, I'm glad yeah. to be able to find something for them.
0: Yeah, I was, I was about to say that's uh, really interesting, given the fact that they're asking about their own comics and and it seems like they, they haven't you know kept track of it until a certain point.
1: Um, you know, look, it's a it, it, it's a it's a freight train. Uh, the publishing, you, you know, you've got uh, comic books coming out every single week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's uh, been companies that have moved their physical locations two or three mm-hmm. times. Uh, right. There's always a loss of data. There's always a turnover of personnel who, uh, you know, there's you know, usually there's the one guy in, in every you know decade that, or woman at, 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 a, at a company every decade who remembers the way it was, who right. remembers all the all the ins and outs of things, who mm-hmm. remembers who owns stuff. Right. Uh, do we own this property? Do we not own this? property and usually you go to that person and say okay yeah marvel we we own we own uh you know bug from the micronauts but we don't own the rest of the micronauts Uh, (laughs) and you know there's uh you know this is what's known as institutional memory uh and the institutional memory uh in in you know in our field in the comics field used to come from what we call the fanzines, uh, like Comics Buyer's Guide, which was a weekly newspaper for 1,699 issues, we we ended up doing, uh, mm-hmm. and and then then a monthly magazine, and then the Overstreet Comic Book Price Guide, which uh, you know is on its 52nd annual volume, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and again since print kind of fell away, the, you know, there's no real magazines, uh, you know uh, that are that are you know major, you know mainstream con- consumer focused. There are a lot of magazines, particularly published by Two Morrow's, which focus on the Golden Age collector, the Silver Age collector, you know, the collector of specific comics from a certain period. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also do books that are, are devoted to these things. But that's pretty much you know, the only place where that institutional memory is. It's all in a third party place because, you know, a, a publishing company you know uh you know uh, properties change hands um you know tarzan has gone through like six seven eight publishers by this point uh you know there, there's just a lot of a lot of stuff that uh you wouldn't expect the publisher to have that information
0: right right no that yeah that makes a lot of sense um earlier you were talking about how um you know ebay gives you a little bit insight on um some of the sales of comics uh one of the things that a lot of local comic shop owners are utilizing nowadays is whatnot. And I'm kind of curious if that's something that's been on your radar and if it has, you know, how that's kind of factoring into some of this.
1: Uh, I've, uh, I've just been looking at that recently. Um, You know, you know, the number of dollars there versus what's at eBay is obviously much smaller. Right. Um, But this is one of those things where all over all these years, uh, you know, Every time I do that annual report with uh, with uh, ICV2 on the number of dollars in the business, you mm-hmm. know, we only ever are tracking what the what is what, you know what the cover price we we, we we presume that if if we know that 94 million comic books sold over the course of, of uh 2021, mm-hmm. and we know that they sold for 435 million dollars, well, what that doesn't take in is markup. Uh, that doesn't take in um, you know what is likely at least a nine-figure market over a hundred million dollars uh, in sales of comics after the retailer buys them from Diamond uh, or 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 the other distributors and then mm-hmm. they mark the prices up on them or a consumer selling it to another consumer uh, you know a a, a a you know a mail order or anything else like that we've right. never been able to track that uh you know to a, to a, to a degree where you know we were willing to put that in the same bucket with other comic sales right. but you know it's always been good to know that it's there and when it was particularly most relevant uh we actually mentioned it in the 2020 report that we did mm-hmm. because it was one of the things which was kept keeping the doors open in comic shops uh mm-hmm. when no new comics were coming in uh, right. they had all the back issues. They were selling on eBay. They were selling on Facebook live. They were selling, I guess, on whatnot. They were selling at other places where they've got stuff, uh, right. that they can actually get to people. Um, and, and, you know, so, you know, and that largely that whole, you know, the, the secondary market, as we put it, it exploded in 2020 and through the first part of 2021, mm-hmm. uh, largely because, uh, you know, it wasn't even because the new comics weren't coming out. There were no shows. There were no conventions. Right. That, that entire traffic uh, of people buying and selling uh, you know, comics at shows had to go somewhere. Right. Uh, and it went on and it went online. And, you know, some of the prices uh, and again, I don't do I'm not a, I'm not running a price guide anymore. I don't do that. That's not my thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it, I'm very glad I'm not because it's chaos. Uh, mm-hmm. It is. It, 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 and, and in particular, over that stretch. You know, that was a period where, you know, people had time. Uh, they started filling in runs. They started chasing after things. Uh, they started selling things, uh, you know, by mail because they had nothing else going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and and so, um, you know, we did actually say in that 2020 report that, yeah, uh, comic sales did go down. In the year 2020, that's comic book sales, did mm-hmm. go down in the year 2020, mainly because the number of new comics coming out went down by a third uh, because the book just didn't come out or Marvel uh, didn't put as many titles out or Diamond was closed for six weeks. Right. Uh, so you had that happening.
0: Um, and, but and this was all because of COVID going on. is all but, because
1: of COVID. And, right. and 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 the impact that it had – not just on on Diamond, but the people producing the comics, the people printing the comics, right. uh, and the people selling the comics at retail. Um, you know, Diamond. Uh, you know, the real precipitating thing that gets Diamond to to shutter uh, for uh, you know close its uh, close its uh, warehouse for new material uh, is uh, you know that. Both what was happening at its, at, its, uh, at its warehouse in Olive Branch, Mississippi, uh, but also um, the fact that Transcontinental, which was the printer that D.C. was using, uh, that's mm-hmm. up in Canada, shut down. Uh, and, uh, you know, they they just like, well, we've got such disruption going on uh, and we don't want to have retailers uh, that can't open because they're in a state where there's an outbreak. Uh, mm-hmm. In Seattle or, or or wherever else, we don't want to have cases of comics continuing to show up mm-hmm. week after week after week. Because remember, the retailers have bought it. The retailers are paying for these books outright. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, they 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 uh, they hit pause. And mm-hmm. it just so happened that when that happened, it was either at the end of a contract that they had with DC, or it triggered a clause in their contract with DC. And that caused DC, which did eventually get comics printed again, Mm -hmm. to turn to um, new distributors, uh, which is now, uh, well, which, which became just one distributor in the form of Lunar, which is, A sister company to DCBS, that's the digital comic book, uh, 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 comics, comic book shop service. Um, And, and, so DC leaves Diamond in uh June of or uh, July of 2020. Uh Marvel can't let DC do anything that it doesn't do. So Marvel <laughs> Marvel leaves Diamond for random house distribution right. uh, in uh, October of 2021. And this has led to the current state of affairs when it comes to uh the sales figures. Um mm-hmm. because we were getting Uh, Like clockwork from Diamond, Um, you know, not necessarily exactly the same day every month, but I was tracking these numbers every I I, I did the math on the monthly sales charts from Diamond every month from September 1996 Mm -hmm. to March 2020 with no break. Um, I, I, sometimes I was in an airport because I was at a convention, right. uh, I mean, right. didn't matter what happened. My kids being born, I had to do the numbers. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: and, um, so that, 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 that was something that, that people were reliably expecting to see, but mm-hmm. then diamond shuts down. So that's the first stoppage, uh, diamond, Uh, Then has uh, another outbreak, more problems going on uh, at the end of 2020. So they stop the numbers again. Mm -hmm. Uh, They stop the data again. Um, They uh, they come back uh, with data uh, in the summer of 2021, uh, Mm -hmm. which uh, is is uh, now it's just it's just everybody except for D.C. because D.C.'s not there. Um, but that only lasts until, um, two things happen at the same time. First, Marvel leaves, uh, for Random House. And then the second thing is that's the same month that Diamond is hit by a huge ransomware attack right. that shuts down its systems for weeks. Right. Uh, not, not as comic shipping necessarily, but the ancillary stuff, like giving people these numbers, this, this, these charts, mm-hmm. um, you know, that, that, that went on pause. Um, We started again with data um, coming from them at the beginning of 2022. Uh, But now um, what was coming from Diamond was no DC and only about a third of Marvel. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or, you know, there's there's charts for Marvel, but more than, you know, half of Marvel sales are at Random House and probably closer to like 65, 70 percent. We don't know what that number is anymore, uh, what's over there, because Lunar will not tell anybody what DC sales are because they're not allowed to. Mm-hmm. And Random House is not telling anybody what Marvel sales are because it's really not normal for publishers to give that information away or right. for distributors to give that information away. We only have it this way in comics. Uh, because uh, we're different <laughs> uh, because <laughs> right. uh, the guy that, uh, the guy that runs the ICD 2 website, he mm-hmm. used to run capital city distribution in the 1980s. He did gotcha. the first set of, t- he did the first set of these charts and he wanted his, he wanted the comic shops to be able to actually look at the charts and say, Oh, okay. Here's this comic book here called teenage mutant Ninja turtles. Mm-hmm. um it's not something I would normally carry, but according to this, for every 100 copies of uh, Amazing Spider-Man that uh, Capital City sold, uh, they sold 20 copies of, uh, of uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That okay. must be something I should carry. Right. And that's what they did. They didn't just do a top seller chart. They also indexed it. They right. indexed it and they indexed it in such a way that somebody like me with some additional data can figure out whatever, what all the numbers are. Right. And so uh, when we say diamond, releasing the numbers, they've never released the actual numbers. They Mm -hmm. release index sales figures, which I then decode. Gotcha. Um, and and I know that I'm right because I know that I'm right. Uh, and and I've, got, I've got other evidence, and I also, you know, have worked behind the scenes now in comics enough that I know what the numbers are. Um, right. yeah, but yeah, but yeah, it's it's. Uh, it, 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 although I've never used. I've never used any information that I've gotten from working in comics as a writer, um, you know, for this purpose, it's, it's not, not even the same thing. And in fact, the buckets of what goes, where are different um, right. because you'll get Canada, you'll get UK, you'll get all these other ancillary things that are in there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a, it's just a different beast. Um, but, you know, so the, but the idea was always, we want retailers to know um, what, is selling well relative to other things. Mm-hmm. And what happened is the consumers got a hold of these charts when I mm-hmm. would do them and when other people would do them and they were making use of them. And right. I said, well, okay, then let's just put it all out there. That's what Comicron, uh, that's what Comicron does. Um, the number one way that um, retailers were making use of this information, uh, you know, you'll have a lot of retailers who say, oh, well, I never looked at the sales charts because I've got my own data. Well, that's mm-hmm. fine you're an existing store. You have your own data. This is a national chart. It doesn't necessarily reflect your chart. What it's for is the new store.
0: Right. Yeah. The
1: the new store, they know they've got money enough to buy a thousand new comic books the first week. Mm -hmm. What should they be? Right. And so we used to have this nice menu Mm -hmm. and retailers have been flying blind uh, really since uh, not not entirely blind, uh, but but really since May uh, sorry, since uh, since uh, March of 2020, you know, there's been no one place to go to get all the information. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, now I think we're in this. What, what happened is Diamond stopped doing uh, even the numbers that it had been putting out. Uh, they paused that again after the end of April. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, this time it may be more just to see well what's going to happen with DC and lunar what's going to happen with uh, with Marvel and Random House um is this thing ever going to get back into a situation where you know everybody's going to want to play again uh, right. <laughs> the right. and 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 get that information out there uh and uh you know my my feeling is Uh, I've I've taken some steps to get to try to to get information from those other players. Um, It is, in fact, how I started the Comicron data set, uh, the monthly data set, uh, because back in 1995, that was when Marvel took distribution off to its own company. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that was the end of normal sales charts until I got Marvel and Diamond to cooperate in a single chart. <laughs> um and then then finally Marvel gave up distributing and so it was Diamond alone after that. Right. Um didn't work out this time. Um okay. it's just it's a different world where you know now you've got multinational corporations that are in charge of the comics that have uh you know much different uh, views on on transparency. Right. Uh and so yeah we're in a position where uh yeah for the first time in uh in 2021 uh if 2021 was the first time since 1974 Mm -hmm. that you can't prove whether marvel or dc is in first place okay so that's a you know is that a feature or a bug i mean
0: (laughs) yeah no 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 that's really interesting um yeah yeah so in Another player that's kind of come into the comics world right now um, are NFTs. And I'm kind of curious how yeah. NFTs uh, might start playing a role in Comicron and tracking yeah. sales and all that.
1: Well, again, you know, the the new stuff is is basically on hiatus uh, gotcha. because I've, I've determined that, uh, you know, Comicron is an archives um Mm -hmm. I'm not you know, I tried for a while to do a thing where, you know, even though I didn't have DC's information, I had enough retailers that were providing me information that I actually was able to, you know, guesstimate where action and where Superman would fall in the list where we had all the Marvel and everything else. But since October of last year, you know, we don't have all of Marvel. Uh, right. We only have a chunk, you know, small pieces of Marvel, right. uh, and and so I decided at that point, you know, I'm not in, I'm not going to try to create. I, I wouldn't create anything out of whole cloth anyway. I never have. There's always numbers here behind this, right. but it was it was just looking like it was it was a lot of work to get to something that might not be fully accurate. And gotcha. and when I have other data from the 60s, 70s, and 80s. That have been, you know, that's rock solid. That's been waiting to go somewhere mm. <laughs> for for decades. is waiting to get on the site. I would rather focus on that. Uh, NFTs, again, that's one of those things where it's it's, uh, you know, it's a um, another aftermarket play. It's another way to get people to buy, sell, and trade things aftermarket. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and when they're sold by a publisher, well, yeah, the way I look at it is. Um, you know, we uh, we count digital comic sales only in that annual report that we do with ICB2, um, right. where, where digital is one quarter of it. We don't have even all of digital sales because uh, we do have sales to, cons- you know, the actual, um, you know, when people buy the digital copy, we've got that information. We don't have the numbers for subscribers, Mm-hmm. Uh, subscriber-based services. We don't have your Marvel Unlimited kind of numbers. Right. Uh, that's that's a different animal. Uh that's right. a different bucket. We we don't have that. Um, and this is kind of gonna be like that. I mean, I guess the way that I look at it is um we don't ever in that annual report, we don't include merchandise. Um, mm-hmm. we don't include anything that a publisher sells that. You know, wasn't ever at least at one point a book, um, right. you know, and so, um, you know, we already we always have had, uh, you know, in any uh, in any uh, any year, you know, Marvel is making money based on licensing. Marvel is making money mm-hmm. based on selling T-shirts. Marvel is making money on these other things. And that's part of the health of the overall business. Mm -hmm. it might be part of the health of the comic shop because the comic shop is in there selling Funko pops and everything else. Right. You know, they're tied in. Um, but you know, I, I think what we're trying to do is zero in on just the comics part of it. Right. Um, and then when it comes to me, uh, you know, I really am only caring increasingly, about the uh, the comic book, about the periodical. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of information on my website about um, you know graphic novel sales, about collected edition sales, uh, and of course those are a huge part of um, you know the the profitability uh, of any single project anymore. You know, right. we make our money on the comic book, but then you know the 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 graphic novel is the home video release. It's right. it's the it's the it's the it's the streaming release. It's it's the next next thing. Right. Um, it's part of it. It's, it's, it's baked in, it's assumed that it's going to exist. Uh, but, you know, the, the, you know, the thing is uh, there's really only enough hours in the day <laughs> to, mm-hmm. to really kind of focus for me anyway, on, on, you know, just that one you know niche within comics publishing. And that is the magazine format. That is the, that right. is the 32 page or whatever it was. Uh, depending on what year it's in, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and then the definitions of what counts and what doesn't, I mean, does (laughs) a digest count? Uh, (laughs) We've historically said it does uh, in the, in the field, Um, you know, Shonen Jump, uh, the American version, that is really a 400 page comic book. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, 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 because again, it's, it's a monthly, it's, you know, it's you know sold on stands. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got a statement of a statement of ownership uh, uh, in here, which is that little piece of text which says how many copies we sold through the mail, right. uh, and that's another one of my uh, data sources. That's another. You know, I I have multiple other data sources besides Diamond besides these direct market distributors that helped me with the much earlier days in comics. Right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I kind of have said, you know, look, this is, this is where my mission is going to be because, um, you know, comic books, uh, you know, 2021, it was a $435 million market, just the pamphlet, what, what we call a pamphlet to the 20, you know, the 32 page comics. Um, you throw graphic novels in there. That's about one and a half billion. Mm Uh, and that's simply, it's that much larger because it just brings in a lot of places that just would never carry a comic book, Mm -hmm. um, or just can't carry a comic book anymore. You know, Walmart has racks of, uh, you know, these, these kids graphic novels, um, you know, manga is in there in in that mix as well. Uh, and manga had a blockbuster year. So Mm -hmm. again, you know, these things are all part of the you know, the ongoing evolving mix of, you know, what is popular within the comics medium, the whole idea of panels with word balloons. Mm -hmm. Um, And depending on the year, You know, manga were in horrible trouble 15 years ago, Mm -hmm. Uh, depending on the year. You know, there were no graphic novels. There were no collected editions before a certain point. If you're talking about comic books with spines on them, you're looking at those old Snoopy trade paperback or mass market paperbacks Mm -hmm. that collected comic strips. Um, Those are comic books. Right. um it, it was just a different market it's always evolving and I've kind of looked at it and said, you know i can't cover everything so yeah' am yeah. <laughs> go, gonna the comic book is gonna be
0: my uh my my base of operations right well and, and you had to mention manga, which um kind of goes into one of the questions I wanna to ask you is that yeah. I have heard um you know from you know different comments on social media and yeah. from other people I talk to um some of the people who are skeptical about comic book sales have mentioned a couple of things. And one of them is that they think that comics book sales have been on a decline in the last like 15 or 20 years. Um, But they have also said in that same breath that um, the reason why it appears that comic book sales are looking good is because of the addition of manga in that. And I I wanted to kind of get your insight a little bit further about what the sales actually say in terms of, Manga being part of that, but also right. just comic book sales as a trend in general.
1: Yeah. Um, comic book sales uh, came out of the pandemic in spectacular shape. Right. Uh, you know, the, the, the number of copies sold in 2021, uh, you know, forget 2020 because 2020 is the oddball year. Right. Uh, the number of copies sold in 2021 was was quite a bit higher than in 2019 uh in fact it's you know the number is like 94 million copies which gets us up to oh, about wow. where thing yeah it gets us up to about things where things were in uh the peak year of of the the peak year for units Mm-hmm. uh for comic books in the 21st century is going to be 2015 or 2016 i can't remember which it is but the the it, you know 2015 you've got star wars going back to marvel um you got you know you've got uh you know civil war ii is in there uh mm-hmm. 2016 you've got dc rebooting Mm-hmm. um uh, and uh you know the uh the dollars uh, are certainly a lot higher in uh, in 2020 uh 2021 for comic books uh but again you know we're looking at a, a market where uh if you go back uh you know uh, just uh 12 13 14 years you uh are into a, a stretch where uh, you know, we're lucky to have you know five and a half million comics uh, sold a month. Uh, mm-hmm. That was before the first DC reboot. That was before the new Fifty Two. Right. Um, and uh, really, the whole decade of the twenty tens uh, was a, a an improvement. Uh, all you know, completely over that level. Um, we have a retrenching in twenty seventeen where we realize. Okay, Um, two things really happened in 2017. Uh, First of all, uh, we're not able to compare year to year that well against that DC rebirth year. Mm -hmm. Uh, And part of it was because DC went returnable for the entire first six months of that thing, Uh, which is to say that, you know, in part the numbers are are impacted by the fact that, um, you know, DC had a a program where uh, the retailers could order more than they needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and so that you had that going on. Um, but uh, but the, you know, the other dynamic was, uh, in 2017, uh, you kind of have a thing where, um, all right, these these uh, platform variants where um you buy the retailer buys 50 copies of this comic book to get this other thing or or you know, the, to get this uh, this premium edition mm-hmm. or or whatever the uh the the levels get out of whack um mm-hmm. and and what happens is you eventually get to a point where the retailers are saying okay we can't do this anymore mm-hmm. uh and um the targets end up retrenching or they they end up you're sort of uh you know altering the way that those uh, the structures are for these things uh so that once we get into 2018 2019 uh you know these uh, you know the, the market will tell you when things are out of balance right. um, because again you know the the retailers are are rational uh mm-hmm. the retailers are you know they are they are not going to buy something outright. If they Mm -hmm. don't think they can make a profit on it in some way, shape or form, in in the case of those platform variants, people will say, well, yeah, they're they're, they don't have buyers for these 40 copies that they bought so that they can get this other thing. Yes, but they may already have a buyer who's willing to pay a thousand dollars for this other thing. Right. Uh, And so, you know, they're rational. They're going to break even on it. Even if they give the other 40 copies away, they still made money. Mm-hmm. Um and you know the 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 numbers in the sales charts the the number one thing that was uh that that determines what this month's comics orders are is last mm-hmm. month's sales. Right. I mean you, you know you it, the market will tell you if it's overinflated or not. Right. Uh and so what happens is uh, after 2017 we get into a nice recovery period. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, things are, uh, the, the first quarter of 2020 was actually really strong <laughs> and then the pandemic hit. Right, uh, and, uh, you know, I, I think there's, um, you know, a, a, uh, but even so, I mean, it, 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 um, you know, we've come back strong from that, the dynamic, uh, that's there that wasn't around before is the whole thing with the streaming TV series, Right. Uh, You know, it and also you have apps uh, like uh, the Key Collector app more or less takes the place of the old uh, magazines like we used to publish Mm -hmm. uh, that would say, hey, uh, you know, there's there's a TV show coming out about you know, character X Mm -hmm. Uh, and here's all the places character X used to be in. And here's where that character is going to be in new and, you know, in, in, uh, in, in, in new things. So uh, again, um, you know, the, the, the actual periodical part um, it's been relatively, uh, you know, a a stable thing in the sense that uh, it's never really gone below 5 million copies a month. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's been enough uh, so that it can generate uh, the thing that's going to create the 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 real stream of money in perpetuity, and that's the graphic novel. Right. Um, you know the the uh, yeah we've had periods where it spiked up to almost ten million a month, mm-hmm. uh, and that's that happened in fact with the first month of rebirth. Uh, but again, the money is coming from the out years. The right. money is coming from the fact that. Um, you know, people would. You know, and again, uh, God bless YouTube. You know, people, it's it's an entertaining thing. Mm-hmm. But you know, people are usually only looking at one number someplace that they've seen, or two numbers someplace, and they don't see the numbers that are internal at the publisher. Right. Um, so. You know, there was a there was a point I remember three or four years ago where, you know, people were talking about Ms. Marvel and what the mm-hmm. what the numbers were on the on the comics uh, that were the high numbered issues of the series, like you know, issue 40, 45 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were looking at those numbers and saying, how can it possibly be making money at this many copies? Mm-hmm. Well, at that point, there had been five million. I'm sorry. There have been five hundred thousand there've been half a million graphic novels sold.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and at that point, you're making so much money on the collected editions that it almost doesn't matter whether you are charging for the new issues right. <laughs> because the new issues serve a purpose. They mm-hmm. advertise and they amortize. They right. advertise the fact that the series is still going and that there's going to be another chapter of the graphic novel. Mm-hmm. And, 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 They amortize it by allowing the people that are the hardcore supporters of a series, the Mm -hmm. people who want to sort of be the Kickstarter supporters of, you know, the next show that's going to be coming on TV or the next movie that'll be coming about or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, It it gives them a chance uh, to fund the creation of the work while it's, uh, while it's, uh, while it's being created. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, I mean, you know, I look at, Again, uh back over here to you know I, I'm not even gonna try to lift this thing with my hand because it's <laughs> seven and a half pounds. Uh I wrote oh, the wow. I wrote the Knights of the Old Republic comic series yeah. uh from beginning to end, uh all 57 issues, one thousand uh, 344 pages of it Mm -hmm. that was written over the course of five years. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, 22 pages at a time, 20 pages at a time. Uh, and I would get a check every month for, for doing them. Um, and it has been now reprinted. I think this is the fourth or fifth reprint edition. It's Mm -hmm. been through Uh, you know, just a regular graphic novel collection at dark horse. It's been in an omnibus at dark horse. Mm -hmm. It's been in the regular Epic collection situation at Marvel. It's been in the omnibus, the gigantic omnibus at Marvel. And Mm -hmm. I assume that there's going to be something else uh, eventually for it because it has never been out of print. Right. And I can guarantee you, this thing has made far more money as a book Mm -hmm. than it ever made as a comic book, Mm -hmm. but it would not exist as a book had it not been for the comic book. Right. Because, I couldn't go away and write a fourteen hundred page. <laughs> you know, I write I write novels. Uh, I, I did write a I did, I did write a twelve hundred page trilogy for Star Trek. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, it, and it came out you know in three monthly uh, novels. Uh, and and it took me a year to write that. I couldn't have done comics. It, it, took, it took a year off to do that in comics. It just and the artists. It would have taken the artists even forever. So uh, again, you know, this is this is where comic books have a strength. Comics are the healthiest part of the magazine business Mm -hmm. because nobody is going to buy back issues of Time magazine uh, (laughs) at multiple multiples of whatever the value is. And nobody's going to want to read collected editions of Time magazine. Right. Um, You know, this is we are are the, the, the magazines that people don't throw away. Right. Um and um and you know and and that people make movies out of yeah <laughs> so um and and you know the, and and also we're we're healthier than most other magazines because our retailers buy them outright right. um you know most issues of Time magazine get destroyed in the same way that those magazines got destroyed the comics got destroyed off the newsstand back in the day right. um so so yeah I, to get back to the the, the original point which is. Um, Yeah, uh, if you're going to look at the actual numbers on individual issues, Mm -hmm. yes, the numbers on individual issues do not compare with back in the day when, um, you know, you have uh, 100,000 copies, uh, 200,000, 300,000 copies. They're going into every 7-Eleven and Walgreens and grocery store and everything in America. Mm -hmm. But uh, at the same time. When this issue of Little Dot in 1962 came out and when it did not sell, they destroyed them all. And when 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 they uh, when they first of all, the the the, that 12 cent uh, cover price, Mm you know, the the uh, the publisher is probably only realizing a penny, if that. Right. Uh, And uh, and uh, and also once that issue is done, there's no way to make any more money off that story. Mm the graphic novel saved this business, uh, this business, you know, comics, uh, Will Eisner used to say that comics had nearly died three times. Uh, <laughs> I add to that, that we, every time we we invented a new thing to get us out of it. Um, right. And, and usually it's the thing that gets us the next time. Uh, right. but, <laughs> but, but that third time uh, when the comics industry collapsed in the 1990s, um, what saved us was the graphic novel, the collected edition. Um, The fact that suddenly we could make money off of everything we had ever done. Right. And so when people are asking, well, what are the sales on the individual issue? That's, that's the right question. If you're trying to find out how rare the book is because you're about to buy it on eBay, Mm -hmm. it's the wrong question. If you're asking, what is the reach of this product? What is the reach of this story? What is the cultural footprint of this thing? Because these, uh, charts and i and it says at the top of all the comicron uh, diamond charts it says uh, on each of them this is not a measure of the reach of this work mm-hmm. this just says this this is just a regional uh, commodity report mm-hmm. this is you know, you'll, you'll see the local commodity reports for cotton or or you know, cattle or whatever saying how many things went to market that's right. all that's all the diamond charts are how many books shipped. Right. That's that, how many what's out there. Right. Um, but again, you know, comics in 2022, uh, it's a whole different ballgame in mm-hmm. terms of in terms of what the reach of things is.
0: Gotcha. Awesome. Well, John, thank you very much for coming on the show and and give us a lot of great insight about comic book sales and the history of it and everything. Before I let you go, um, can you let us know where we can find you and your work online? <laughs>
1: Okay, um the uh, the Comicron part of things, it's uh C O M A C H R O N dot and uh, I also have a a Twitter Comicron, a C O M I C H R O N and also Facebook as well. Mm -hmm. Um, The one thing that is still regularly coming out from, uh, from diamond is uh, they do their reorder charts every week. So Mm -hmm. um, what they'll do is they have a, a, an interesting one, which is called the advanced reorder chart. And I've been running those for the last four or five years. And what Mm -hmm. those, what those tell people is what is the thing that hasn't come out yet that their retailers have ordered the most of. Right. Um, And so, um, And so that's a useful thing. So people were able to see on there when that comes out uh, uh, by following that on Twitter, Uh, Patreon as well, Comicron. Uh, And uh, and again, I I am doing a lot more stuff that people haven't seen yet for this website. It's based on uh, it's based on that older data that I have been waiting to get online. Uh, And then, as you mentioned, uh, my uh, my comics and fiction uh, site, farawaypress.com. J.J.M. Faraway is my account on uh, Twitter. And then John Jackson Miller is the name on both Instagram and Facebook.
0: Awesome. I'll make sure to include those in the show notes as well, too. So thank you very much for coming on the show, John. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And that wraps up another episode of The Caps in Life. I hope you enjoyed listening and don't forget to hit the subscribe button. You can follow us on social media at Caps in Life. And if you like what we're doing, give us a shout out by tagging us in your post or send us a message. For more information about us and all of our previous episodes, visit thecapsinlife.com. <laughs>